When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL Studios, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching, Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Wiggins should do more with his athleticism that impacts the game. Defensively, rebounding, block shots, getting to the free throw line. I'm just not sure why this is an aberration. What is preventing him from running, cutting, attacking the offensive glass, and dunking versus just standing on the perimeter watching the game? He has this type of first pick talent. It's up to him to bring it out of himself more often. Crowd wanted a carry by Miritich. They don't get it. Towns gets a block. Man. That is unbelievable. That's one of the best defensive plays Carl Anthony Towns has ever made. Second rejection by Towns tonight, and then Wiggins off the feet from Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew. Andrew says, take that, Jimmy Butler. Chip Scoggins in for hour one of the show, and I will start with this. <clears throat> Why is anybody on earth surprised yeah. that, that at, with Jimmy Butler finally gone after the complete circus that we saw for how long? A month plus? that there are certain young players on the Timberwolves who now look inspired that Jimmy Butler yeah. is in Philadelphia. It, it was almost like, well, now this team is This is why we all said trade him. Because uh, this can happen. How many conversations over the past two months did we say this exact thing? That once he's gone, a breath of fresh air, all the tension is going to be gone. And you know, going back to Van Gundy's... Uh, opening thing there was like hello. Well, let's, <laughs> That's what. Let's play this again because this, as far as I can tell, this is Van Gundy basically telling Wig it runs the entire gamut of a basketball player. Yeah, Wiggins should do more with his athleticism that impacts the game. One defensively rebounding, <laughs> block shots, five, getting to the free throw six. line. I, that's everything. And that's and that's yeah. well, that's what we've. In other words, it's play what, basketball. Well, that's, that's what everybody has said. Play basketball and well. And we, we've said that over and over and over again. That Almost five years now we've he been will, saying that. He will have these games where he flashes like that. And typically, Manny Rice has been against Cleveland when LeBron was there, or the Lakers, or, or another big game where you feel like, mm-hmm. okay. Toronto. People are when watching. He goes up to the Toronto. Yeah, yeah Toronto. Well there, and yeah. he'll have these pop-up games where you're like, man, now you see it. And then he disappears. And so... What he saw, what we saw last night, is nothing that we haven't seen before, and that's the frustration with Wiggins. Is that you see what he's capable of, you see how he can dominate a game, 
It's just that he doesn't do it all the time. He just kind of disappears. Here's more from the ESPN telecast last night. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy analyzing things. Well, to your point, Jeff, he actually talked about that the other day, how he needs to be more assertive on his drives and try and work his way even down on the block more than he has. Exactly. And get to the free throw line. But more importantly, get up in the air and rebound the ball as Moore hits a three. Jumper, no good. And that's something... They try and steer Wiggins away from, but he continues to often take long twos. You're right, that pull-up right there, he could have taken one more dribble and attacked the basket. And even if you miss the drive, you open up so many more second-chance opportunities and the ability to try to get to the free-throw line. Very rarely are you going to get to the free-throw line shooting pull-ups. All but wait, gentlemen, there's one more. Jang will take too strong. That's a .8 shot. That shot right there, you can get... You know, you're getting, the value is 0.8, and you've got to find ways to get better shots than that. If you continue to move it, as they've shown, they're getting great looks at the basket. Okay, so Chip Scoggins, how convinced are you? Where do you think, Not. now that Butler is gone, where where do you think this franchise stands? We'll, okay. we'll get to Andrew, we'll yeah. get back to him in a second, but where do you think that things stand now that the Jimmy Butler saga is finally over? Well, obviously you need to see more, but I do think the fact that you remove all the drama, all the tension, it, it stands, You're gonna. the guys are going to feel uh, looser, they're going to feel more normal, you're not going to have all this um, daily nonsense going on, and so that right there is addition by subtraction. Um, I liked what I saw from Covington in terms of defense, the emotion he's getting at me his first game there he's getting the crowd into the game right I mean he he has a chance to be kind of a crowd favorite by his energy and and uh, you know the way he plays defense and just uh, kind of his personality Mm -hmm. I think Wiggins and Towns obviously we saw last night they looked unburdened they look like different guys. Which, we saw Wiggins attack. We saw him smiling after he had the dunk where he kicked the guy. And, yes. And you just, yeah. He, yeah. And it, they just look like different guys. And they can tell us all they want. No, we like Jimmy. We wanted him here. No, they didn't. And they, they look like completely different guys. They look like a team that was free last night. Now, let's see what they do against better competition. They got a, a tough stretch here coming up with good teams. Um, but I think, you know, obviously it's not a championship type thing, but I they can be a playoff team without Butler. And I thought, when I when I, I wrote the other night, well, two weeks ago, after that Lakers game here, I said it's obvious they're a better team with Butler. And he was right when he, you know, as flawed as it was to scream that at, at, at uh, Scott Layden, it wasn't a lie. But I'm not so sure now. Well, I think when the player in question is ca- is intent on causing as many problems as Butler was intent on causing, especially for your young potential, well, at least one one potential mm-hmm. superstar player, I think eventually it becomes w- way too big of a burden on the franchise, yes. with which Tom didn't seem to understand and or get. But I think now, too, and, and the one guy, okay, the one guy that I keep watching play, and I don't even know if he's that good, but I love him, Josh Okogie. I th- yeah, I think Josh Okogie, yeah. I think there's something there, and mm-hmm. I, and and he, you know what he brings? He brings a lot of the hard-working things that Jimmy was supposed to, and I get that Jimmy's a star, so I'm not comparing yeah, them as yeah. players, but if you recall, when they traded for Jimmy, it was, you know, Jimmy plays defense, Jimmy plays hard, Jimmy's go, 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 go. 
And I thought, oh, that's going to be great. But then it turned out that Jimmy sort of of used that to shame his teammates. I work hard and you don't. Josh Okogie works his ass off, I think, every single night. And watching him play is incredibly fun and satisfying. Well, he plays with a lot of enthusiasm. And that kind of young enthusiasm where he's going 100 miles an hour. Energy. Defense, energy. um, He can score. The one thing I think we'll see, too, I think we'll see better ball movement. And it won't, you know, Jimmy fell into the hero ball and he's going to, you know, dribble the clock out and take his shot. I, I, I think with this group, now it might get stuck some because Wiggins kind of has that in him. Teague has that in him. Although Teague, you know, he had 14 assists last night. And, and keep in mind, too, Derrick Rose didn't play last night. And so he, how he is that going to look different yeah. when he gets back in Tyus the lineup? Tyus won't play. Well, yeah, that's, well, Tyus will be the one. And that's the thing, guys. They have, yeah. they have, you know, a lot of guys playing the same positions. Four. Tolliver didn't play last night, really, right? Right. Sarge so, got his minutes. And so you're going to have to figure out that. you got a lot of guys at that spot. Um, the point guard position, how's that going to shake out now? I'm, I'm guessing probably if they're all healthy, you're not going to see a lot of Tyus probably. No. You know? No, and so, I think he's out. Which as is unfortunate because he, he knows again. how to. Yeah, I mean, no, Derek Rose not going to play a lot. Injuries tend to sort these, you yeah. know, fi- sort these things out. But if they're all healthy, I think Tyus is the one that you'll see his numbers decline. Kogi's oh. been too good. To pull him oh, out of the lineup yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah. you just can't. You just can't pull him out of the lineup now. You On Wiggy, I've got a question for both you, you, you guys when it comes to him. And here's a quote that he gave last night. A couple of years ago, I used to post up a lot. He said, "That's where I did a lot of my damage. As the team switched and got more people, new people, I kind of became more outside instead of driving and posting up." Which is another. Which and to go back to the fact that you brought up Ship about the uh, about the quote his rookie year after the game against Cleveland, which it traded him. Wiggins' exact comment was, that was a motivation game for me. And yeah. I, I wrote an immediate column saying, this is not good. You cannot, you can't pick and choose or play in Toronto. Now I'm going to play hard. I think Cat's going to be absolutely fine. I think Cat's got his faults. I think Cat's going to develop. I, I will maintain that Cat is going to be a superstar player. I'm not concerned there. But for both of you, what do you think the odds are now that you can get Wiggins? And can Tibbs even come close to getting him on the right track because I I truly believe that's the main talker now. Now well, that Butler's gone, can you get how much can you get from Andrew Wiggins? Well, on the right track, I think he'll get back on the track that we saw earlier in his career mm-hmm. when Jimmy wasn't here. Because I I think I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was on with you guys that I looked at his shot attempts at the rim last year versus his first couple of years and it went way down. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't attacking; he was just standing out on the perimeter. You know, jacking up shots, and so I think he'll get back on a on a positive uh, track that we saw early. But do I think he's going to turn into a superstar? No, Tom, I, I just think there's too much of a light switch effect with him. Tom Thibodeau has to find a way to get him away from just standing on the wing, waiting for somebody to throw him the ball. Like he needs to be. I mean, because there's been so much talk about well, he's not always engaged. Well, you've got to run a system that's going to get him engaged and get him moving when he doesn't have the ball in his hands because and it's going to I would think it would help more now that Butler's not in the picture anymore that I think we're going to see a lot more ball movement which I think will sort of play into Andrew just sort of finding a way to move without the basketball in his hands and yeah cut slash to the rim you know get you don't have to Isolate. Can I give you guys an incredible well, get stat? Get him moving. I have an incredible stat that that, that I've that uh, Krasinski had in, in his story today off that game last night. Last night, 
the entire year so far, Wiggins third dunk. Yeah, they mentioned it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring three dunks, so that tells you he's not attacking. And three. The, it'll be interesting, and, and Jim Pete was sort of alluding to it last night that now now that you remove Butler from this and you're in these late game situations, who's going to take the shot? And remember, early you know before Butler got here, Wiggins took a lot of those, mm-hmm. and so now I think it goes back to him. Although maybe it would be Rose. He likes to be in that situation. Yeah. Where he, so, but I still I think for his development and for him kind of coming out of that, pushing him out of his comfort zone where he's content to just kind of stand on the perimeter and jack up mm-hmm. shots where you want to be assertive. Put him in those situations where okay, hey, force him into fourth, fourth quarter. Yep, we're down two. Go get us, go get us a bucket. I mean, this is where you've got to shine and, and show that you're that type of player. And so I think that part of it is going to be really good for him, that not having Butler around to restrict him. And now you'll find out. He's but either going to do it or he's not, he, Judd. He's got to get to the point in his life, though, where he takes control of something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everything's an excuse for him not to, well, we're not playing Cleveland, so I don't really care. We're not playing in Toronto, so I don't right. care. Or Jimmy here. was here. Yeah. Jimmy's here, so I don't care. At some point in time, you're a professional athlete, man. You don't have to be, I'm not asking an alpha personality, but just say, bleep it, I'm going to take control. And that's where, for both those guys, but more so him, the Butler thing's gone now. It's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. There's that. The boogeyman's gone. There's no more excuses for He's holding us back. He's not. He's hero ball. This that he doesn't like us. He screams. That's that's gone. And so now it's back to your team. Yep. Take you know what I want to see it. Wig do. I want to see Wig a game at Target Center. I want to see when Tibbs is yelling him look at Tibbs and loudly as he can so it reverberates throughout the building. Say <laughs> shut the bleep up and sit down, fatso. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah. I, I want to see. Think, yeah, I don't I, think that's happening. That's what I want. Yeah. I want him to take. But you, you saw a different Wiggins last night. I agree, but I want to see more of this. this well, yeah, is, that's the this thing. He's got, and, and, and the best way I think is to just get him get him moving. I mean, don't let him just stand out there on the on the wing and just. But I want him to take control get, too. Yeah, but well, I, he's got to get help him yeah. all the you time. Push. You got to push there. I, don't. I get that, but I want I want him to, I want him to show that now that Butler's gone because you're right with Butler removed. I want him to show that he's got it in, in him not to be not to be a awful 24 hours a day, but to once in a while say you know what I'm just going to do this. This That's might this might not be a fair comparison because this team is obviously light years ahead of everybody. But if you watch the way Golden State, like Clay Thompson is not a very good ball handler, mm-hmm. but if you watch it, he's Always moving. Mm, oh he's yeah, That's always moving. Sure. He's like if you're Andrew Wiggins, let make your defender chase you around the floor. You can run and jump faster than anybody else on the floor. Yep. Make the guy who is guarding you wear him out. Make him Watch, chase you all over the here's, place. Here's what he can do. Watch Josh Okogie play. Yeah. Watch him play and say, you know what? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give thirty percent of what he gives because he tries hard all the, the time. And even Okogie's moving around all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a break from the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd Phil will join the show as he always does at four o'clock. Right now, Zolgad, Scoggins, and Hill. When we get back, I'm going to tell you how Kirk Cousins can shut my fat mouth up on Sunday. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. That's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 94 eastbound. We've got a crash in Minneapolis near that same area, 35W and 55. Be careful uh, out there. I know. It's just right over there by the Lowry Tunnel. Nobody's ever very careful They don't over slow there. down. Everybody's enough, so Manny reckless. Elf. That's the problem. Five-minute delay in that area. 494 westbound also in Richfield. 
uh, between 35W and Penn Avenue. We got a four minute delay there. That's because of a crash as well, Judd. The points off of turnovers are huge. Uh, you know, I think it's second in the league. So um, we're going to have to do a great job of, of possessing the ball and keeping it and um, making sure that we do a good job with uh, um, being patient in a lot of ways. We have to do what we need to do to win, okay? And so some of those things are altering our offense in some ways. Um, so I guess that's, I'm not going to tell you how or, yeah, right? But, I'm, but yeah, there's some things that we have to do. And practice-wise, um, you know, I think it's important that, um, you know, we, we try to punch the ball, strip the ball, you know, when, when we're going in through practice. Chip Scoggins in for hour one, as he always is with us on uh, Thursdays in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Do we have it? Oh. There, there it is. We can't start the second segment without that song. Yeah. I've forgotten far too often, and I That's apologize right. for that, Chipper. I appreciate you bringing it back. Uh, you just heard Zim there talking about the Chicago Bears and their ability to force turnovers. And this is how Kirk Cousins can shut me and Collar up or go a long way towards <laughs> it on Sunday evening at Soldier Field. The Chicago Bears are second in the National Football League, 24 takeaways, including eight forced fumbles, and then recovered, obviously, and 16 picks. Khalil Mack has four forced fumbles this season. Akeem Hicks has three. Kirk Cousins, of course, as we've talked about a lot so far, has um, six lost fumbles this season, or eight lost fumbles this season, six that he's lost. Since he took became Washington's starting quarterback in 2015, he has 39 fumbles and 17 lost. Uh, if you include his five interceptions from this year, he is sitting on 11 turnovers so far as we come out of the bye week. So here's the formula, I think, on Sunday. Your defense essentially wins you the game. The offense doesn't have to be great, but it's productive against a very good defense. But most importantly, Kirk Cousins does not, even if he throws a pick, okay? Yeah. Let's give him a pick. He cannot lose a fumble on Sunday. That yeah. will shut me up. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I think it's going to be a relatively low score because you got two really good defenses. Weather probably will be uh, iffy, and you know you have. Uh, it's going to come down to do you not make a mistake? That kind of killer mistake that we've seen, and that's that's been the thing that's really altered games for this team when they've lost Buffalo two quick fumbles right off the bat. Um, and so can he, can the line protect him one and can he understand, okay, maybe I throw it away and not try to hold the ball or run or scramble or whatever and not hold the ball that extra second waiting for, you know, something to develop down the field because this team, I think, uh, the bears are second in the NFL and, um, uh, points off turnovers. Mm-hmm. And so not only do they get them, they capitalize on them and that's, you know, that's how they're winning games. And so that, that can, you know, swing it. And so, yeah, you're right. This is a big test for him. And the entire offense, but him and his offensive line particularly, can they hold that pass rush off and not get one of those sack strips deep in their end zone that lead to points? And Khalil Mack, too. Yeah. How, and, how the hell do you slow him yeah, down? Well, it was funny. Uh, uh, we were in the locker room today, and Kyle Rudolph was having his weekly thing, and, and Todd Downing, who was with Mack uh, in, in Oakland, uh, is now the tight ends coach for for the Vikings. He's like, yeah, our, you know, our position coach is, is, you know, knows him and has, was out there for a long time when, you know, talked a lot about it, you know, his moves and different things. And somebody said, oh, do you, did uh, Downing give you the kind of secret formula? And uh, Rudolph said, nah, he just wished us luck. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> That's it. There is no secret formula. Oh, so. oh man, yeah. Yeah, so, that, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Judd, this is a big game. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, you're chasing. 
I don't. I still don't know how good the Bears are, but when you get to this point in the season, you are what your record says, and so they're the team. If you're going to win the division, you probably need to go there and win. I was going to say, if you lose on Sunday, you fall to five, four, and one. A game and a half. They're seven and three. If you win, you're six, three, and one. They're they're six and four. Almost as importantly is with seven games left for both teams right now. The records of the Vikings opponents left on their schedule, including Chicago, are 29, 26, and 1, 527 win percentage. The Bears' remaining seven opponents are 25, 29, and 1. And the Bears get at Detroit, 3 and 6. And I think they're a dumpster fire now. Mm -hmm. They look awful. At the Giants, 2 and 7, certainly not great. Uh, they, they They play host to Green Bay. Which plays t- uh, tonight against Seattle, correct? Yeah, and, yeah. and could fall to four, five, and one. And they get at San Francisco. Now, now the Bears' big test left is the game against the nine and one Rams. But the Vikings get at Chicago, home to Green Bay, at New England, and uh, the following Sunday after that, at Seattle. I believe the following mm-hmm. Monday after that, they don't come home again then until the Dolphins, then at Detroit and in Chicago at home. So if you lose on Sunday, it gets incredibly tough. And these next four games, to me, decide it, right? At Chicago, Green Bay at home, at New England, at the Seahawks. Yeah, and Rudolph was talking about, we're talking about big games. So you have Sunday night football, Sunday night football, the late game against uh, at uh, the Patriots, England, yes, and, and then Monday night football. So yes. you've got three three night games in that four and then the afternoon one, so that tells you how how important all these games are, that you're kind of on that, you know, you're in there that national TV game. And, and so, um, and it, these are, you know, you got a lot of division games here bunched together. And so if they've really kind of found their footing, which I think they have defensively, Agreed. and the offense is getting Dalvin back, and that's going to add a, a dimension to it, uh, Diggs is is back. You think he's going to be healthy? So this is kind of the time. Is Diggs back for for sure now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he practiced yesterday, right? He yeah, okay. sounds like he's going to you know. Bar's probably not probably, right. Yeah, with a hamstring. Yeah, it sounds like he, uh, Diggs is going to be ready to go. So you're coming out of the bye. The bye was at a perfect time for them now because you know you had a lot of games before. And now you're reasonably fresh if if you're ever fresh, you know, during the season. But yep. here's the here's the time to kind of get on that roll. And so let's see if they do it. I think too that now Detroit stinks. I think yeah. So so I so you beat them. You should, but more importantly is the game before the bye against Detroit. I feel like the template's back in place, and 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 that's why I keep going to the offense shouldn't need to be great. Like you don't need Cousins. Cousins needs to be solid and good, but he doesn't need to try and force things because if your defense. Uh, can play like it did against Detroit, and you're not going to sack opposing quarterbacks 10 times per game. Completely understand that. But if your defense can play like it did in that game, your offense needs to be reliable, and it needs to be solid, but you don't need to force things and that potentially can lead to mistakes. Yeah, I kinda, um, I'm kind of i sort of torn on this. But defensively, yes, getting Everson Griffin back and the fact that they got nine of their 10 sacks with just rushing four. So their, their defensive line looked like what we saw last year where they just made a quarterback claustrophobic and and that starts everything. So I think their defense is going to be back to what we saw. Obviously getting Cook back in the way they ran the ball. Now Detroit's terrible against the, uh, the run defense is awful. But so, Cook, But Cook still adds, he adds an element that you simply don't have from the playbook if he's not playing. Yeah, they obviously want to run the ball. And if you're going to be outside a lot, that helps. But it's not like, and I don't think you're saying this, but Cousins in the passing game can't just be passengers. I mean, to win a championship, they need no, to be No, but they don't to, need to be heroes. 
Sometimes they might be need to be. Yeah, I see. I believe that the Rams game, which was a fun game to watch, if you need to win games like that, I think you're dead. Sometimes you might have to, though. I think you're dead then. Maybe, I think your defense. I think your defense. I think the template for the success of the Minnesota Vikings in 2018 with this head coach has to be that the defense plays really, really well, and the. And the offense, listen, it can produce for you. Yeah, it can be good. See, that's that's my thing. Is that it, do we at least have the confidence now that if the game turns into a shootout, that the Vikings yes. have the horses to be able to compete and oh, stay in yes, the game? But, yes, but I'll draw the line. But here. that's not. But that's not Th- the that's ideal not the way. No, right. no, no. But, no right. I never want to have like a shootout. Obviously, but right. I draw the line here. If the motto is Kirk, we need you to be a hero. You're sunk. If the motto is, Kirk, we, we need you to be good, we're paying you a lot. So I think or believe that this offense needs him to be be very solid. But if he needs to be the hero, I think you're in huge trouble because that's when he makes the mistakes that cost you the game. Yeah, and it's interesting because he played it such in the way... Does, does that make sense? It does, it, yeah. And I think we're probably looking at the same thing just kind of differently. But, you know, obviously you don't want to get in a shootout. And if you can have ball control and chew up the clock and have that, that's great. But I think, you know, a happy medium from what we saw early in the year, because, mm-hmm. you know, they really had no run game first you know, however many weeks, and, and we saw what that passing offense could do. And I remember thinking, why don't they just throw it every down? Who cares if they'd run the ball? And obviously that's sort of some of that's tongue-in-cheek, but you don't want them just to go into a shell and say, okay, let's try to win, you know, 13-9. to nine. Yeah. Oh, and, and Cook... The, the thing with Cook that I love is it, it's not just what he can bring to the run game, Chipper. It's the passing game yes. and the screen game, Yeah, which when he's not there, they do it a little bit, but not much. But I love the fact that, that Cook's presence on the field opens up that short screen passing game, mm-hmm. which in today's game is the run. Yeah. So if you so if this is a conversation that you're going to hand the ball off to him, certainly a few times, but you're not going to skew that much towards it, I'm fine with that. What I want is can you throw him the dump-off pass that gives you an option with pressure on Cousins? So in your, in your, in your perfect world, how many uh, attempts does Cousins get in a, in a game? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, it depends on the game. I, I'm just more I'm more against telling him we have to have you do this because yeah. he seems to then lock into, oh my God, I gotta make this play, and that's when you get the fumbles and picks. Yeah. But when you say though that they're that the chances of them being able to be in a game like that are better than what they were last year. Yes. Like because last year you knew when the Eagle in the NFC championship game when the Eagles yes. made it twenty one seven or twenty four seven, you knew it was over. Because yeah, Keenum had correct. no shot correct. to bring them back, but I think yeah. Cousins, even though he's he makes those mistakes and they drive us crazy, I think if the Vikings are down twenty four seven in the NFC Championship game and Cousins is there, I'm thinking, okay, there's well, they're in bad shape, but at least they they might be able to get back into this yeah, game because you saw. I mean, he was matching the Rams there, and then you look at right. the, at the Green Bay game this year. I mean, that that and thought they were dead in the water there, and then he just gets hot and. That he just makes like his, like it can't be the game plan. No, of but, course but not. But that's yeah. that's but, my but, that's my yeah. point. Right. And I don't think it right. will be. I don't think it would be. That's but at least point. you know that if you're down twenty-one to yes. seven in the second quarter, well, that you've got you've got a guy that can lead I you just, back. I just think that we we need to be willing and have our eyes open to the fact that if you do have to do that, you're asking for trouble. And, and, right. But he can do it. You're just yeah. No, I listen. Not for one second would I reverse this signing. 
Yeah. The Cousins move was the solid move. Right. Now, he's paid a lot, and can he move around as well as I hope? Probably not, but there is not one second that I, I look at Case now and be like, man, I wish Case was back here. No. So, But if you're going to ask Cousins to play that Rams game again, you have to know that you're asking, you're probably taking his ability to, to an, esch- to an really echelon that he might not be able to consistently get to and be comfortable with. Yeah, and, and we all know Zimmer. He, I don't think he's ever going to say, I just cut it loose and throw it around. That's not oh, his. Uh, I think he hates kickers and quarterbacks. <laughs> I think if Mike could get rid of two positions, it'd be kickers and quarterbacks. Play defense, run the ball, and win 9-7. to seven. That's, that's how he'd like it. Let's take a break from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And you brought up playing defense. Hallelujah! The Minnesota Gophers can play defense. We'll discuss it next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. We didn't change our defense. The defense is the defense. Then the defense works. But we got back to us, allowing a team like that to be able to, okay, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to put 12 plays together and go score. And... um we got to keep everything in front of us. What's killed us in the past is explosive plays. I don't think there were any explosive plays tonight. Zero. So for us, keeping things in front of us, keeping things very simple in the scheme, not a ton of adjustments, rallying around the football, and playing very simple, not many coverages. And that's what we did. I can't sing, but I'm going to. One of these things is not like the other. I'm going to throw out a series of numbers at you guys and stop me and stop me when I get to one that doesn't sound like it fits. 432, 420, 504, 659, 385, 646, 233. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you. Yeah. I, what I, what I, happened here? I have no idea. Was Rob Smith that bad? Yeah, it was. Was Joe Rossi that good? It was definitely not a... Uh... <laughs> It didn't speak well for Rob Smith, uh, the, the turnaround we saw. I, I don't know, because I, I asked P.J. after the game, and I said, you know, P.J., the thing that just stood out to me was that your guys look like they're in the right place. <laughs> no, and I'm, I wasn't trying to be, like, sarcastic. I mean, but it just think, did. But think about like, that. You go back to the the week before that against Illinois, they look like they could not have been any more out of place. You know, screen pass going, and the quarterback's giving the – you know the escort down. The, it was just it was embarrassing how out of place in tackling, in assignment, in alignment, mm-hmm. just everything. And here, in one week, it looked like they knew where they were supposed to be. They tackled well, and he even said that. He said the reason somebody asked, "Why did you tackle better?" He said because we were where we were supposed to be. And so, I, I, I honestly, I can a coach make that much difference? I don't know. In one week, and I don't know. I, honestly, that, I don't know. And that was a pretty good Purdue offense that they well, shut down. And, and let's be honest too. As much as he's talked about their youth, 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 the defense is not young. And right. they've had players who've had success before this staff got here. Mm-hmm. And you have veteran linebackers who were out of place. Barber, Kamal Martin, Cashman. Yeah, some good players. Good players. Guys Huff. Productive players, yeah. Huff, who were out of place and missing tackles and doing all this. And so it wasn't like all of a sudden these guys that have never had done anything in their life all of a sudden just rose up. No, these are guys that have had success before. And so... You know, I think a big part of it is the coaching, and and you know maybe it was them just simplifying whatever they did. Now, I want to see it this week. 
course. Um, to see if they can follow that up. But it, it was amazing that you go from what we saw against Illinois to that because it's it was as polar opposite as it could possibly be. How did Rob Smith last so long? I mean, this well, is not this is not this change because you're right. It was a simplified. They're tackling now. This was not if they had had a bunch of young, incompetent, terrible football players, you'd be like, okay, they're just that bad. But you're right. Th- yeah, this was a collection of some pretty decent players, and the breakdowns were at some point. I mean, PJ Flex not a dumb person. Yeah. He had to watch that and say to himself, "Hold on a second here." I might not admit it publicly, but Rob Smith's at fault for for three of the four, five things that have gone wrong. Yeah, and you know, I I don't think it's ever ideal to have to fire a coordinator in, in the middle of the season. I mean, it's just it's something you don't want to do because it's disruptive. But PJ even admitted after the fact that this thing had been building, and I, you know, after the Nebraska game, I asked PJ. I said, "Do you have faith that this that Rob Smith can fix this?" And that's where he kind of gave that. Odd answer about being young, and and he you know gave him a public vote of support, but you could tell even then that like something was fundamentally flawed here, something was wrong, and it was not going to be able to be fixed. I mean, you can't play have those kind of breakdowns and play that poorly against a team that hadn't won a game. Nebraska had almost seven hundred yards yeah, of offense, and, but it, but it had been building. I mean, you go right. back to the Maryland. Maryland scored whatever it was forty points and never Four, took a forty two, and they didn't take a snap in the red zone. Yeah, that's remarkable. They did not take a snap in the red zone. It was all long plays. And then you but in it so it wasn't like a one week thing. It wasn't a two week. This was every game in the Big Ten. And it you know I thought it reached kind of a crisis point at Nebraska where you're like, okay, this this is something's fundamentally wrong here. They need to make a change. And it obviously he's friends with Rob Smith. He goes long way back. You don't want to have to change. That's why you but, don't hire him in the first place if you have any questions, though, because yeah. he is your buddy. And there was you issues don't want to have to fire your buddy. And there was issues about whether Ross Smith was going to get fired at Arkansas. But, you know, the damage is done. It was, you know, but it, the Illinois was a point of no return. You knew Fleck was going to lose credibility if he, if he did not make a move with, with, at that point because it was so bad. And all those big plays, I mean, it was almost a historically bad performance in terms of yards given up, running, and average it, average yards per rush right in that game. And so, six hundred and forty six yards against. It'll be interesting to see if this is a audition for for Rossi. If you know, if they continue down this path and look this good, is it something he would make him, or is he going to open it up for an, a, a national search? You know, I, I assume Rossi's probably thinking it privately. He's like, "Hey, this is my chance to absolutely try to get be. this job." Yeah. Explain to me this. Explain to me, as a huge college football fan, the Northwestern Wildcats. I, they're they're. How does Fitzgerald have these teams? And because this is not a first time, right? No, this that is they like have these every, yeah, bizarre yeah. defeats and non-conference. They can be awful. Lost to Akron. Yeah, and this it, year. it's like Akron. every year they yeah. have one. You're like, ah, this team's going to be bad this year. And then you turn around, they have eight wins at the end of the year. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I I don't know how he does it, and. They're, I'm sure it's frustrating for the fan base because you're thinking, man, if we just didn't have that stinker early in the year, what could have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, they're, it's weird. It's not really sort of an indictment on the Big Ten West that your champion already has four losses, and I think there's a good chance the Gophers win this game because Northwestern's clinched. I think they're pretty beat up, you know. Gophers have some momentum after that win. So it wouldn't surprise me if they win, and you're going into – the Big Ten Championship game with at least five losses, that's going to be pretty lopsided when you're facing is, a Michigan team. Isn't it 
kind of disappointing though that the go I mean the Gophers are where they are but isn't it kind of disappointing that this is still kind of a building year for the Gophers that because with the way this division has been this year like I feel like that Citrus Bowl team from 2014 could have won this division this year yeah oh yeah well you know the division's bad this year I mean Iowa's falling apart but I will say this I think this division is going to be pretty darn good in a couple years, yeah. maybe even next year. Because that's the problem. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why this, this year this kind of your... sucks because you wish the Gophers were better because this was a good opportunity, well, a good window for them to actually win this division because it's not very strong. Yeah, this year. we said it was it last year, or whatever, when they had the just ridiculous easy or uh, Tracy's last year where they had the real easy schedule and they didn't really do a whole lot with it. They right. just did yeah. kind of the bare minimum. But you think about it, Scott Frost. Is going to get that team yep. turned around. Yes, quickly. he will. And you already see it. They're they're going to be, once he fixes their defense, they're going to be good. I, I don't think Jeff Brown. There's already a report that he's going to go to Louisville. So I think he's not going to stay at Purdue, which is a shame if you're Purdue because you make a home run higher and then two or three years he's gone. But it sounds like he. I think Dan Dockage is reporting he's going to take the Louisville job. But in huh. Fleck, I mean, this offense is going to be legit, right? With, yes, with, I think this offense will with, be good. With I the think. veteran quarterback and the way they coach yes. wide receivers, their offense is going to be And the defense really just good. needs to be respectable. Yeah, and and see if they can fix that. Wisconsin, I think they'll get back You know, to where they were. And, and what happened Iowa's to them? Iowa. I don't Wisconsin, know. Wisconsin, it's the weird. quarterback got hurt, right? The quarterback got But you know what? Even before that, Manny, they just were not as good as I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. I picked them to be in the playoff. And they just, it, you know, I think we just over overrated uh, them. I just don't think they're that they they clearly was something wrong right. and it's now with the quarterback being hurt they're not very good at how good is michigan they're good their defense is legit are they legit yeah, they're, okay. they're they they're one of the few college teams that play defense them and bama mm-hmm. and clemson uh they're they're really good their defense is is dynamite and so patterson's playing better and too Pat, yeah and so i, I like think him. yeah i think yeah. they'll be a playoff team i mean their defense is is that good and so you know that in college football, if you can play any defense, which you just, not many teams can, why is that, Chipper? Well, I think it's the schemes. I think it's just the emphasis on recruiting. Um, you know, if you have good athletes in high school, where do you put them? Offense, offense. You know, that's, but wouldn't you? But if, if you see if you see this flaw in, in the system now, wouldn't it make sense to try and swing that to build a defense that can start to? Yeah, Stop it's these just offenses? And, and rules and and schemes where you got five wide receivers and everything spread out. I mean, teams don't tackle as much in practice, so tackling has gone down. And so um, it's a lot of things. But it's fun when you see a Clemson play, an Alabama play, Michigan play because they, you know, they they put really good athletes on. And you know, if you're a five star defense end, you're going to one of those teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it. It's just an emphasis on offense everywhere, and so that's it starts at high school and it trickles up. I'm just glad that the Gophers could give up in a game less than 300 yards. It I'm was, just glad that they got to the point where they could give up less than 300. That's all I wanted. I kept telling Mackey, just be respectable out there. Just the, tackle. I, I like just tackle. Their, and I like their <laughs> offense. I like where they're going. They're not great yet, but I like where they're going, and I think Fleck is a legit offensive mind. Yeah. It's I've never He's not a joke, but that defense was a joke. I've never seen a team from one week to the next have that kind of transformation where you couldn't stop anything to where they could, and that's a, an offense that was putting up a lot of points. I know, mm-hmm. and they got so discouraged. What you could tell with their body language. They Purdue just kind of said, "Let's just go back to West Lafayette." They per- could not do anything. Purdue entered that game second in the conference and scoring thirty five point eight points per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you stopped yeah. them. And it was no fluke. No. You looked good. He tackled. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I, I am curious to see kind of 
what we're going to see this week uh, from Northwestern. And they got a veteran quarterback, and and um, it's going to be cold again. It'll too. be cold it's again. Be miserable. So yeah, I'm. I just want to see kind of what the follow up is because if it, you know, does it go back to sort of what we've been seeing or stay? I got an idea. If it's if it's below twenty, let's go to U.S. Bank and just play the game. Nah, <laughs> I thought you know what. I thought, I, we're, I thought we heart, were hardy Minnesotans. No, here, no, here's what I found out about my wussy self. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up going to Vikings games at the Met, right? Snowmobile suit, yeah, yeah, hot yeah. chocolate, and yeah. I thought to myself, I want outdoor football back. This is going to be great. The wife and I went to the first half of the Purdue game, and I said, <laughs> "We got to go." I said, "I can't take this." Yeah. I have found out now. Now the Metrodome stunk because it was just an ugly, cheap building. But I have found out I can't do it. I, you know what? I want out. Well, I want out of TCF Bank. If it's below 20, <laughs> let's go to U.S. Bank. I'm sorry. I was wrong. It is. Uh, it's easy for me to say when I'm sitting up there in the in the warm. But you know what? You weren't alone, Judd, because that, that was the smallest attendance I've been to a game. And it was the week before when they played Friday. Oh, the Indiana game The Indiana game too, was yeah. terrible. And, you know, we said, well, it's Friday night, high school football, blah, blah, blah. It's rainy. And this one, it was the third coldest game in TCF Bank history. And I, it couldn't have been twenty thousand there, maybe. And you know who do, who doesn't go at all now? Students, students, students. Yeah, students yeah. aren't going to put up with that. Not Nicole. No, yeah. no. But I mean, there probably was a time where students would be like, "Yeah, let's be, let's go out there, and you know, we'll sneak in some schnapps and so, no, no, not anymore." Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I'm gonna stay home. I, I'm guessing win some games. Yeah, that's the thing, Manny. And I'm guessing this week. You know what? That team could have been Rose Bowl bound. I would have left at halftime. <laughs> It's that simple. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. The- Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. 30, uh, 36 eastbound. Uh, we've got a crash between 35W and Snelling Avenue right there near uh, Roseville. So be on the lookout for that. That's causing a five-minute delay. And 94 eastbound, just past the Lowry Tunnel between 35W and 55 in Minneapolis. Guys, you really got to start being more careful in that area. We got a crash there causing about a five-minute delay. I feel like I'm reporting a crash it might get in that area I think it every gets, day, Judd. I think it gets slick there. I yeah. think that's the problem. But people got to start slowing down. Hey, don't tell me. I know. I'm with you. <laughs> I drive that road every day, and it's always I slow down back a lot because of and some people crash. get very upset. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway. Breaking Twins news. Our own Derek Wetmore, 1500ESPN.com, confirming what The Athletic reported earlier today. Dan Hayes, our friend from The Athletic. Wes Johnson is going to be the Twins pitching coach, and Jeremy Hefner will be the bullpen coach on Rocky Rocco Rocky Rocco Baldelli's coach. <laughs> hey, let me show you. I got a coaching staff going. <laughs> Rocco Baldelli's coaching staff replacing uh, Garvin Alston and Eddie Guardado, respectively. And now, if you're a baseball fan, you're saying, "Oh, Wes Johnson, the basketball player, who's in town with the Pelicans, the former yeah. team. What the who? Wes Johnson? Okay, there's a reason why you haven't heard of Wes Johnson. He's going to leave, and I'll read this slowly because it's it's going to surprise people. He's going to leave the University of Arkansas to take the post on the twin staff. So he was at Arkansas, and now, and so Garvin Alston, who was the handpicked pitching coach of Falvey and Levine in 2018 for Molitor, is out, of course. And Wes Johnson, who was working in the college ranks at Arkansas, 
is now going to replace him. So yeah, it's a, a little bit of a surprise there. Interesting hire. I mean, you, you typically think you'd get it from the even the minor league ranks or whatever, but um, maybe he has a good track record of developing uh, you know college pitchers into prospects. Johnson's but, bio on the Razorback website, according to Wetmore, claims that he's quote national known nationally for his player development and ability to increase velocity throughout his pitching staff. I wondered if there's some ties with him. With uh, I, I mean, baseball is a change in chipper. Yeah, but it's it's weird to see a college coach go from, from that, not even the head coach, but the pitching coach to a major league pitching coach. That's a pretty big jump. How how old did you feel this week sitting yeah. in Target Field when when Mauer's retirement, which was I thought incredibly well done it's by awesome. the Twins and Joe. Yeah, uh, when Joe retired from baseball, because as you wrote, I believe in the the day after, the, yeah, yes, Tuesday, the, yeah, the Tuesday paper. You were there when you you got hired at this trip, and they told you you're going to be covering to cover preps. Yeah, and you were told you're going to be covering this young man at Creighton Durham Hall quite a bit, Joe Mauer. Yeah, it it, it did bring back a lot of uh, flashback memories, and uh, yeah, I was hired. I started like January fourth of two thousand, and so that would have been the junior year of his winter sports season, and so um, yeah, it it was interesting. I've you know that year it was Joe Mauer. Larry Fitzgerald, Marion Barber. And it's always interesting when you, yeah, so not not a bad class there. It's remarkable. I know. And, you know, I've known Fitz for years from that. And it's when you get to know these guys as prep athletes, and, I, you know, every time I see Joe, we tend to wind up talking about, uh, you know, those high school days. And we'd always pick, uh, the Star Tribune picks all Metro teams, basketball, baseball, and, you know, we'd bring them down to uh, – to the old Star Tribune building, and we give them pizza, and then they do a photo shoot, and it was it'd be interesting to be in there with you know five high school kids, and they're just talking about competing against each other and seeing Joe in that in that sure. environment, and so um, heck of a career. I, I hope he gets to the to the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, it'll be interesting debate whether how much credence people put on the first half versus the second half. I think you will. Ultimately. I think he will. I think with time, people will will step back and say. That first ten years was pretty special, and as a catcher, as a catcher, my, yeah. My the basis for why I think he's going to belong is based on his position. Yes, because I because we we got calls the day that that he announced it, saying, "Well, I mean, if you look and you know, if he had been an outfielder, well, no, but he wasn't. Yeah, he exactly. won. <laughs> he did something three times that nobody else in American League history has done. Mm-hmm. Three batting titles at six foot five playing catcher. Mm-hmm. That's got to be considered special. Yeah, and and so I think as as he gets some distance, I think people will focus probably more on that than how it ended. Um, and so, but he, you know, I will say this, and you know, I've known him as a high school kid. Of, I was there for his first uh, minor league game or first professional game. Went down to Elizabethan, mm-hmm. and uh, and he stayed the same. Oh, it's remarkable. It, he stayed I, the I, same. It's the damnedest thing. His bank account changed. His stature changed. His personality didn't change. He's the same person. Just a nice, generally nice and classy person. I I just wish the one thing in retrospect that I wish is, is the guy that we saw on the last day of the season when he came out to catch and the guy that we saw on Monday had shown that. And he didn't have to start crying. Yeah. But he showed those two days. I think that if he had if he had shown us a glimpse of that guy a little bit more, a lot of the of the feelings towards him yeah. would have been very different, Chip. Yeah, I mean the contract was always going to be a thing that people never got past, 
but it was his personality too where I think we people mistook mis uh took that for and we do this and we get dangerous where when a guy's reserved, stoic, not real rah rah, kind of vanilla, well he doesn't have any passion. There's no fire there. Correct. And I'm telling you, as a guy who covered him in high school and watched him in high school bas- basketball, high school football, that guy was incredibly competitive. It just didn't. But if you had just shown that a little it, bit, but yeah, constantly, the narrative would have changed. Ch- yeah, the narrative would have changed. He didn't need to change himself completely. But if we had seen glimpses of, of the fact that he, I think he cared greatly, mm-hmm. and I think he loved baseball. And if you had seen that, yeah. the contract, and and because because his contract kicked in the year that they lost. 99 games, and the slide started. So there were going to be some people who felt animosity towards him no matter what. But if he had just shown himself a little bit more, I think a lot of people would have been like, you know what, he does care. Yeah. And, and I get that. Well, because you, you think about how who do we gravitate to? Torrey Hunter, Brian Dozier, guys that are... Fiery. Yeah, and so you, when a guy's not that way, we're like, well, does he even care? You know, but, And it's not fair, so to speak, but you're right. The narrative would have been different. It would have changed some. Because um, people would have felt like they had more of a connection with him, uh, other than he's just from here and he's a great athlete. Right. Because he was so stoic and he's private and he didn't do a lot of interviews. But I, I can tell you, um, if anyone thought that he's not competitive, that is n- not the case at all. So go go back to your your first year covering uh, Maurer and Fitz and preps. Yeah. If, if if I had asked you right then and there and said both are going to be ultra successful, really good pro athletes but you can only pick one which one back in 2000 do you pick uh in any sport i, I still go with mauer because yeah just as far and, as Fitz was a great football. athlete obviously in, in football he was maybe one of the best high school uh football players i've ever seen um i think he was pretty good at basketball i can't remember covering him uh, right now but but you go back to mauer think about this judd people considered him the number one player in the entire country in two sports football Right. Yes. Football. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He's a great player. Basketball. He's all state. His third sport. He was all state. And so. And he wore dorky glasses. Yeah. And so, I mean, the National Player of the Year in two sports. I mean, how many how many times are you going to see that in this age of specialization? So it's pretty incredible. If he had stuck football playing QB, how how successful a professional career do you think? Well, there's so many things with football. It's hard to project because of injuries and. But let's just say he stays healthy. He could throw a ball. I mean, you're, and he were going to be at Florida State with a lot of good athletes, and so when he made the NFL, I, I don't probably. I think he makes it. I, yes. I, I, I don't doubt it. I wouldn't sit here and say no, he couldn't. If I, I don't Vikings doubt he draft him, you don't uh, have to deal with Christian Ponder, and uh, things change <laughs> that's greatly. Right, that's right. Yeah. Thanks, Chip. All right, brother. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd. Phil joins the show next. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On fifteen hundred ESPN.